Welcome to God in the Ordinary, a podcast featuring special guests talking about how they reveal God during the ordinary rhythm of their daily life. Presented by author and speaker Sharon Tedford. My guest today found a way to serve God at the tender age of 15. She's seen him work in miraculous ways all over the world and knows how to share the love of Jesus in very practical ways. My guest, paramedic Yasmin Mazawi. It's really exciting to have somebody here from the other side of the world. Yasmin, say hello to everybody and tell us where you are today, please. Hello, everyone. Today I'm in Germany. Yes. Is that your home, though, Yasmin? No. <laughs> I'm originally from Nazareth, Israel. Which is really exciting for us. Yasmin, tell everybody, as you're speaking to us in English, what other languages do you speak? I also speak Arabic, Hebrew, and started basic German. So basically, you're on number four, which is three more than I can speak. So very, very <laughs> clever. Why are you in Germany? I think you're not on vacation, are you? Correct. So I'm not on vacation. I'm uh, studying my master's program. I'm doing master's in management and data analytics um, that I will finish very soon. Very good. And you're learning in English, not your native term. Very difficult. And at the same time, learning to speak and write German or just speak it? Uh, for now, just speak it. After this challenge, we'll move to write. <laughs> okay, in your spare time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yasmin, as you know, we love to ask our guests to share a reflection on Isaiah 61. And I'm pretty sure you've prepared something for us. Would you like to share that? Of course, I would love to. First, Isaiah 61 has such meaning to me because Jesus spoke these words in my hometown of Nazareth. Letting the people where he grew up know that he was the promised Messiah. So that has a great power all by itself. He's the one who came to set the captives free and bind up the brokenhearted. And that is what he has done for me. Next, Isaiah 61 is an important passage of scripture that informs my day-to-day -day living as a healthcare professional and paramedic with Megan David Adam in Israel. The phrase, bind up the brokenhearted, has been especially impactful for me as I encounter many people who are experiencing physical and emotional pain. It reminds me of the importance of not only treating physical symptoms, but also being compassionate and empathetic towards the emotional needs of my patients. As a paramedic, I often find myself in situations where I need to provide comfort and support to those who are in distress. The verse, to comfort all who mourn, inspires me to reveal God's love and compassion to those who are in the midst of suffering. It reminds me that my work is not just about saving lives, but it's also about being a source of comfort and hope to those in need. This truth also stands behind my decision to visit Auschwitz. To my Jewish neighbors, friends and patients, there's a terrible event in history, the Holocaust, which is part of their story and the story of Israel. I wanted to know the sorrow of that tragedy so I could properly understand and care for them. 
Furthermore, the phrase "provide for those who grieve" speaks to my desire to make a positive impact on the lives of others. As a paramedic, I have the privilege of being able to provide care and support to people during some of the most difficult moments in their lives. It's my hope that I can be a beacon of light in the darkness, bringing comfort and healing to those who are hurting. In all, Isaiah 61 inspires me to bring compassion, empathy, and hope to those in need. The verse "bind up the brokenhearted" is a powerful reminder of the importance of providing emotional support to my patients in addition to physical care. It reminds me of my duty to serve others and be a source of light in a world that can be often overwhelming. Through my work as a paramedic and my decision to making a positive impact, I strive to fulfill the call to love and serve my neighbor as myself. May my reflections on Isaiah 61 inspire others to be a source of hope and light. Let us serve those in need with empathy, compassion, and kindness, and fulfill the call to love and serve our neighbors as ourselves. That was great, Yasmin. Thanks so much for sharing your reflection. Really interesting to have somebody from Nazareth with us today. Thank you. You mentioned him again, David Adom, as you were talking, and I think it would be helpful for you to explain about what that is, because some of us won't know. And then tell us why and when did you join the MDA? So, Magen David Adom is Israel's national emergency pre-hospital medical and blood services organization, and I joined. MDA Magen David Adom since I was 15 years old as a young volunteer and um, then I did my national service for two years as a paramedic and although I'm a master student um, but I still volunteer today on age um, 24. Okay, so every time you go home, you spend some time working for MDA. Of course, yeah. As I said once, um, it's like a virus, so I will always be there. <laughs> I love that. It's like a virus. So when you go home, do you give them two weeks, or do you just say I'm here? I'll work for you as often as I can. How does that work? Yeah, each time I'm back to Israel, I just give as much as I can shifts. Very cool. So why did you start at 15? That's very young. Right, that's a very young age. So it all started from my home. I was born to a wonderful and supportive family. We grew up on values of. Loving the other, accepting the other—you know, no matter gender, color, race, religion, language—we grew up on giving the other and the community without even waiting for getting back. And my parents came to me one day when I was very young, at like about fourteen, and they told me, "Yasmin, like you have volunteered about six years. What do you think now to do something even, you know, more?" Um, More responsible, more for the community. I had no clue what is MDA, but I said yes for sure. And I went to um, first eight courses. I was accepted and started volunteering at Magen David Adom. And if I go back now nine years, I would definitely do the same because I met the values that I grew up on at home at MDA. And I love it. It's like my second home. 
That's a lovely thing to say about the place where you work. That's a great thing to say. Your parents sound very warm and friendly. Did you grow up in a Christian home? How did you meet Jesus? That's correct. I grew up in a Christian home. And I would say like the Bible is like our constitution. You know, like the Bible is based on love. I was raised on um, on values and it's more like a lifestyle, let's call it, obeying the commitments being Christian. I grew up even in Nazareth, the Holy Land, where Jesus the Savior was walking, you know, in the in a country where he healed people, uh, he raised people from death. Um, the miracles that he has done, it reminds me with the example of him on earth. And I believe that Christianity is not a religion, it's a way of life. And, you know, I consider myself as one who accepted Jesus and accepted his way of living uh, since a very young age. What a privilege to have that as part of your early life story. You're telling us that you're an Arabic Christian who grew up in Nazareth as a non-Jew. I have to ask the question, did you ever face discrimination or difficulties? Is it easy for an Arab person to live in Israel? Can you help us understand that? So, you know, usually wherever there is diversity, there is tension. Um, Personally, I've never faced discrimination. I think Israel is a wonderful and diverse country. First of all, you're most welcome to Israel. (laughs) And when you go to Israel, when you walk in the streets in Nazareth, you feel people want to live. They appreciate life. There is tension everywhere, but Christianity's value is love. And, you know, uh, life is um, sacred. And this is a value we need to look at. And I find them in Israel and in Nazareth as well. That's good. I love that you just said diversity often leads to tension. Now, isn't that true? But we don't have to live in the tension, do we? You've talked a lot about compassion in your reflection, which is kind of the opposite of tension. Why do you live with such an emphasis on comfort and compassion? What drives you? This is a thing that I really face, let's say, um, at Magenda Dome. And I can, if I may, answer this question. Um, the first thing that came to mind is a story in Luke 10. Um, that I would like to share it. So there was this story once, uh, a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way, he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, bit him up, and went off, leaving him half dead. Luckily, a priest was on his way uh, down the same road. But when he saw him angled across to the other side, then a Levite religious man showed up. He also avoided the injured man. However, a Samaritan traveling the road came on him. When he saw the man's condition, his heart went out to him. He gave him first aid and then lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn and made him comfortable. In the morning, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take good care of him. If it costs any more, put it on my bill. I'll pay you on my way back. This story really reminds me uh, with, you know, compassion. And this is what we do at Magen David Dom, you know. We give compassion, first aid, and we spread this love to everyone. No matter who is the person, who is the patient, we don't care what's the background. So 
these values I really meet at Magen David Dome and I really feel that it's very important in our daily lives because it reminds me with the word diversity as well. We are a diverse country from many diverse backgrounds, cultures, communities. So we need this compassion. We need the love and in order to accept the other and live together. The thing that stands out to me from the story that you just shared with us is that simple phrase, take care of him. The story doesn't say take good care of him if he looks nice or if he speaks your language. And you just said no matter the background. So you must have come across that a lot in your work. Have you bumped into people who've needed your care who haven't even spoken your language? Of course, I faced this a lot um, during my uh, volunteering work. And I can tell you even more than this, volunteers and employees at Magan David Dom themselves, ourselves, we are diverse, you know, and I like to say always like we are like peers. Each one of us comes from different, unique background. But what really connects between us is this um, chain that is built on values, love and this vision and goal of saving lives. And yes, we did. We came to patients and we come to patients who don't speak the same language from many different backgrounds. And we come to them in their the hardest times in their very intimate places, to their homes, to their room, kitchen, you know, in the very hard times. And all we care about is saving lives. And, you know, half of the treatment is not even... Um, a treatment. It's like they need someone to talk to, especially elderly people. And this is also a thing. Sometimes you need just to talk to them. But when you come to the situation, you find the power, you find a way to make it and talk, let's call it the same language. You're listening to God in the Ordinary with me, Sharon Tedford, and my guest, Yasmin Mazawi. So you've talked about people who are different from us. Do you think it's important for us to try and understand people who don't share the same language, thoughts, vision as us? I really agree with this. And I started with this myself when I was 16 years old after I joined Magenda Vidodom. I felt that I need to know, you know, my friends and um, my colleagues at work or during my volunteering work were Jews. My neighbors are Jews. I felt that I need to know them even more. And, you know, I started with this myself when I chose to go to Auschwitz with a delegation of Magen David Adom youth and learn about the Holocaust, about this hard experience and come back and spread this after facing um a negative social media campaign against me in the country. And this was a very a red light to me um, that I have to bridge the gaps and to raise the awareness in my community, starting with myself, getting to know the other. And I like to say, as I said in the beginning, we are diverse. We have many cultures, mainly Arabs and Jews, where we can see each other but we cannot really hear each one another. It's like there's this window made of glass. You can't see each other, 
you have stereotypes about each other, but sometimes there is someone who needs to break this window and maybe hurt a little bit. But, you know, if we treat the, let's call it injury properly, it will heal at the end. That's a really good picture that you're saying we see each other through a glass, like people who we don't understand or don't know, we can't hear them speaking. So we need to break the glass. What do we break the glass with? If we're using that analogy, how do we break the glass, Yasmin? The way I chose to break this glass is by telling the truth behind this story, spreading the experience that I had during the delegation to Auschwitz, what we saw, stories we heard, everything to start with my friends in school and then during NGOs and presentations out of my school. But the first of all, starting with my friends, telling them the story, telling them the truth and have these discussions with one another. In the beginning, it was really hard and I faced negative impact, let's call it, even from childhood friends who decided to leave me. But at the end, they did understand the importance of the history because we have to understand it so the history won't repeat itself. And they themselves came to MDA and volunteered, which is a huge success for me. That's an amazing story. And, and I think it points out the truth of something that we often say here, that when we share our own experience and our own stories of what Jesus has done in us and how he's shifted our hearts and what we've seen, that's when he can work. And people can't argue with our own experience because it's real, right? Exactly. It's authentic. <laughs> yep, exactly. So working for MDA, you must have experienced a great deal of loss and difficulty through your work there. Have you seen God turn loss into opportunity? Of course, and thank you for asking this question. I definitely faced many cases, but there is a remarkable case that I would love to share with you. So I had a case, an emergency case, a CPR on two-week old baby. When I just entered um, the home, the mother was crying, everyone was there, all the family. The, the atmosphere was just full of tension. I told the mother, okay, just listen to me. I need your help now. You have to focus with me, with what I'm going to say, what I tell you to do. Just do it and just believe that our Heavenly Father is with us and with the baby. And things hopefully will be just all right. Let us be only, you know, one hand and work together and do our best. Thank God the CPR was successful. We were able to go to the hospital with the baby. And after we were done, I went out to talk to the mother. And, you know, I started talking to her and tried to support her and give her a little bit strength and faith. Because, you know, we, we forget sometimes in a very hard situations, people start saying, why is that happening? Why did that happen? And, you know, all these thoughts that come to their minds and they forget to take a moment and just thank God for even these hard times because he has a plan for us. He will never give us, let's call it um, a challenge to face without knowing that we can handle it. That's at least what I believe. and. I was talking to her just to have faith and pray for her son. And 
I will never forget a year later, it was in 2020, she just sent me a picture of him celebrating um, one year birthday. So I think that this is just amazing because I really like to take every opportunity to talk about Jesus and to remind my patients or the families that I, in cases that I face, that just take a step back, think for a little while and pray. What an incredible story. I absolutely love the kindness of that mother to send you a picture at the baby's one year birthday. That was so lovely. And I love the way that you walked into that situation. You didn't say to the mother, excuse me, are you a Christian? No, you just shared with her our heavenly father. That simple phrase, our Heavenly Father, because whether somebody knows it or not, God is our Heavenly Father. Whether he's adopted them into his family or not yet is another story, but he is our Heavenly Father. That's really powerful. So what advice, Yasmin, do you have for our listeners about reaching out in Christian love to those who may actually be different from us? Perhaps they have a different culture and maybe even a different belief and different languages, as we've said already. How do we love without borders? Um, I would definitely say just follow the path of Jesus. Feel the love. Remember the love and the sacrifice of our Heavenly Father, um, the love that He gave us. And that Christianity is not only the awareness of being Christian, but it's being on the top of mind that you are Christian. It's a lifestyle, as I mentioned in the beginning, and that you follow the commitments and live the Bible every day. As said in Psalm 23, um, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Our Heavenly Father talks to us through experiences in life, through people, friends, family, uh, even through thoughts, you know, we, we might have. All we need is to hear His prompt voice and He will compass our life even if we sometimes have hard times. You know, he'll never let us go through something bigger than us. And always remember that he has a great plan to us. He's closer than we know. Just reach up and he'll take your hand. That's beautiful. Thank you, Yasmin. I've loved talking to you, but before we go, would you please tell people where they can find out more about MDA and where they can find out more about you if they want to hear perhaps more about your story, visiting Auschwitz or how you came into this? Where can we find all those things? Thank you, Sharon. Um, about MDA, you can find just right on Google Magenda Vida Dom or www.mdais.org. And if they want to hear more about me, I am on LinkedIn and social media as well and YouTube. Great. And we will, of course, as always, put those in the show notes. Yasmin, I've really enjoyed our conversation. You've reminded us today to follow the path of Jesus because he has a plan. And that lovely phrase, take good care of people, no matter what their background. Thank you so much for joining us here on God in the Ordinary today. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you for the opportunity. You've been listening to God in the Ordinary with me, Sharon Tedford, and my guest, Yasmin Mazawi from Magen David Adom in Israel. To find out more about MDA, go to afmda.org. The 
producer is Gary Dell, and this is a Wise Word Radio 61 Things co-production. Go to 61-things.com to tell us how you reveal God in the ordinary.